Welcome to Out the Back Door, where your host, Adrian Apostolatis, talks about everything from your back door to the back fence and all the bits in between. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, whichever time of the day you're listening to. But I'm sitting here with a, a, an old and a dear friend of mine, uh, Aaron Chrissy David from Atelier Wealth who has a wealth of expertise and knowledge, and I thought it would be good to, to share all that today, really based around the, the finance side of things, because I'm getting a lot of questions back to me, and a lot of my clients are, are going down that path, and I thought it would be good to enter into his his experience and mindset to to see what we can share. So, mate, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks for having me, buddy. No, pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for making the time and the effort to, no, to be it. a part of this. So, mate, let's start off. Tell me a little bit about you, how you've got into this yeah. and uh, yeah, where we're up to. <laughs> we're going to. I mean, our paths have crossed. Obviously, we've, we've known each other for quite some time. Um, Atelier Wealth, I'll start with the, the business. So, yep. we've turned five and a half. So, we've been going for five and a half years. We're specialist mortgage brokers, yep. uh, working with home buyers and specifically property investors as well. Uh, I run the business with my lovely wife, Bernadette, uh, yeah. and her brother, Damien, as well. So we've broken all the rules in business, is yes. what we say, but it works for us. And uh, I guess because home buying is such a personal family affair, I feel like we, we connect and resonate with a lot of people on their journey as well. Yeah. Uh, on a personal note, uh, dad to two beautiful little girls, Sienna and Zara, and uh, and they keep me on my toes. That's relatively sure. new dad too. Yeah, three years and one years old. So yep. hands uh, full. Hands are full, mate. And not uh, not quite the tribe that you've got. Uh, <laughs> I think two or four kids are kids, mate. And yeah. it's a it's a wonderful journey. I think that's definitely uh, changed my perspective and outlook on life as well in a, in a very positive way. And yeah, you know, kind of pre COVID, we made a sea change down to the south coast out of Sydney as well. So I guess seeking that that best of both worlds. We still want to work hard. We still want to grow our business and grow our wealth but also we want to enjoy that family time and I guess be part of a, a community and, and and bring up our girls too, mate. So it's been um, it's been great and I think COVID has been obviously great for the property market and we've prospered off the back of that as well so we don't take yeah. that for granted. Uh, and now we're really about just kind of taking our, our business and our, our personal life to another level. Mate, awesome. So I guess considering how how finance has been and especially yeah. with the property market that seems to be just going crazy over the last <laughs> six months. I guess time back in with home renovations, a lot of people um, have either bought in the last 12 to 18 months and they've yeah. got a list of things they want to do, whether it's the bathroom, the the pool, the yeah. landscaping, the alfresco space. But I guess with the size of these renovations and where people are sort of heading, they're getting well into the six-figure mark. Yes. Um, everyone is different, but a lot of people are, are saying, well, look, I might have the cash, but I still want to maybe look at getting some finance for this renovation. Yeah. It, it is horses for courses, but I guess – from your perspective, what is the, the process? How do you get involved or where should people start to think about how to how to engage with you and, and I guess engage with someone like me at the same time? Yeah, great. This is super common. Someone moves into a property and generally they want to they want to customise it, they want to make it their own space. That's generally why they've bought it. It's built like yeah. maybe a blank canvas or they want to you know, build it around how they live. Uh, and then so the, the question then becomes, hey, look, we're sitting on cash do we use our own cash to fund these renovations? For example, like you're saying, it's it's horses for courses. And what we generally say to people is, look, if you have the borrowing capacity and you want to borrow it, go for it. But then what you could do is park your cash against the loan. So using an offset account facility. So you're not really paying anything until you decide that you need it or want to use it as well. So think of it a bit like, it's a very crude way of talking about it, but like a giant credit card almost. You've got this loan facility in place. Yeah. 
that then you could then use as, okay, we can use 50K for the pool, for example, 80K for the outside, um, you know, new deck, for example, and a little bit for flooring or painting or kitchen for renovations. But you're definitely right to your first point, which is it is certainly the absolute flavour for everyone, which is home improvements and renovations, which is probably why you can't get tradespeople for such a long time and then why there's such a shortage on materials and and labour as well, right, because everyone is staying put. I I read that the the greatest competition to travel was home renovations and now that we can't travel, home renovations has gone through the roof, right? So, I mean, every street you go down on you see – you the in the morning yep. and people are just staying put and renovating, which is why builders are just run off their feet at the moment and everyone along that whole supply chain, isn't it? Often I've spoken to to other guests, whether it's through planning or approval processes or, or, or anything, I guess, throughout our process. But I think the message has been quite consistent throughout that the people that put the time and effort in at the beginning and plan and, yeah. and get things right really pays off down the end they get a smoother process would that still apply from the finance application absolutely i mean it applies when you start to buy your home right the people that are organized the people that are finance ready to go they're the ones that are able to make offers with confidence they're the ones able to buy more successfully than those that are scrambling around to buy finances which is why those the latter probably think it's a more stressful experience to buy their home compared to people that are more organized and the same would apply to renovations there's people that go renovating's Oh, it's it's the devil. Yeah. Uh, it's so stressful. And there's other people who go, we actually love the process. Yeah. And it comes down to preparation and planning, which yeah. sometimes isn't the sexy part. Sometimes the sexy part is just ripping it out and, yeah. and the new U-Butte, you know, Butler's Pantry, for example. But it's underrated. It's underrated about kind of slowing down to and Doing to it once, up. doing it right. right. Yeah, I yeah, use me- that phrase a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Measure twice, cut once. Know your numbers. Know what you're able to do. So when you're briefing a builder – you, or someone like yourself or the the plumber they know that they know what you're looking to do are you organized are you ready to go it makes everyone's life easier and yeah. also more enjoyable as well yeah. so yeah the, to answer your question there planning and slowing down knowing your numbers knowing what you can do is as important as what you do as well so often people might not have done this at all yeah. and maybe they've purchased their house they've lived in it they've realized right we're going to do the landscaping and and the fresco and yeah. whatnot with they've seen some photos they don't know whether it's a dollar or a million dollars yeah. effectively which way do you think they should should move do you, should they be coming to someone like me first and having that discussion or should they engage you first or what would be a good first step yeah a lot of people just go look how can i know what to apply for for a loan if i'm doing a renovation type loan if i don't know how much it's going to cost me or how much i'm going to spend so there's yeah. two parts to that question. First is find out actually what your borrowing capacity is. Right. Yeah. So first of all, go back to if it's a broker that you've used or a lender, go back and ask the question, how much can we actually borrow right now? So that's step one. Step two is then maybe getting estimates and quotes. So people that you, that you like yourself, a professional that's going to come in, here's what we'd like to do. Again, say so if money was no object, for example, here's what we'd love to do with the space. Yeah. Then you can go back to the drawing board going, okay, here's how much it's going to cost us. Do we have to plan this in different stages, for example? Is one reliant on the other to be completed? Yeah. So maybe we need the deck to then do the pool, for example. We do the pool before the deck and start to then, again, project plan what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and how much it's going to cost you along the way, right? So when you're talking, I guess we have that discussion with you and say, yeah. look, we're talking about borrowing capacity. Yeah. Is that as simple as a phone call or is that a matter of they've got an inch thick of paperwork to go through or – 
how how hard or easy is that to get that round number that then they can take to the builder or the yeah. landscaper, et cetera? So if you've worked with someone before, they should have most of your details, but if your situation's changed where you might have a new job, for example, or your pay's gone up or you might have picked up a car lease in the in between, yeah, it might it might require a bit more paperwork. Yeah. yeah so they're not going to sugarcoat it. But again, it goes back to that planning stage that if you get that right, yeah. then it's one less thing to worry about as you hit it. You won't hit a snag in the future going, oh, I thought we could borrow 500. Now the bank said we can only borrow 200. And then the plans go back to square one. Yeah. 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 So if it means an extra couple of pay slips or a few more documents, yeah. look, in the grand scheme of things, you're probably going to go through more in terms of design phase than you will to get the loan. Yeah. Um, so if you want the loan, here's what you need to do to get it. Yeah. And that's it's going to enable you to have a better conversation. And when I say you, in terms of the client, yes. to have a better conversation with me, the builder, yeah. to say, look, we've we've spoken to Aaron. We definitely know we've got two hundred k that we that's that's our limit. Or yeah. actually, it's it's only fifty. But at least you're walking in and not coming up with designing the the Taj Mahal, correct? And then On finding you you got to undo it, or you go through the council process, yes, because the build, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries, no worries. And then you've got these hopes and dreams and then it's harder to and unscramble the egg. Yeah. They're left jaded and really yeah. disappointed. So what should be a wonderful project of beautifying your home and having a lovely, lovely living space is then overshadowed by all the stress that came with it, all the no's that came with it as well. Yeah. yeah. So, again, if you want to have – it sounds harsh, but don't be that client then, right? Yeah. Don't be that person. So get yourself organised, um, get yourself in order and then – once you have those numbers, then your plans can be a little bit flexible. Okay, maybe the budget comes down by 50K. We don't have the bells and whistles, for example. Yeah. Maybe we have to do that just a little bit later. Um, but at least you're not left with your plans in tatters and then having to come back and go back to the drawing board as well because you have that level of flexibility. Yeah. So also it sounds like having a bit of a relationship too with someone like yourself would, would help in that long run. So yeah. it can be as simple as... Look, you might know me or you can say, oh, actually, I know where you've been or I yeah. know you've just bought that property and things like that rather than, I guess, the opposite, shopping around and, and not having relationships. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your relationships, the same thing would go with your builders. Like you don't want to keep having five quotes coming in and then five quotes for the bathroom, for example. You're not there to shop around. Yeah. Find people that you trust. Find people that yeah. can get the job done. I mean, it would be the same in your field. You don't want the cheapest person, for example. Like cheap is cheap. Uh, same thing for a rate. Like if you miss, if you think this is about an interest rate, you've missed the point. Yeah, yeah. it's the outcome you're looking for. The money, simply the vehicle to then do the renovation work. Yeah. You know? So for for a lot of people that are listening, going, okay, I've got to try and get the cheapest interest rate, for example, on to get my renovations done. That should not be the case. You may, uh, I'll give you the reason why. You may decide that you you fund this at interest only. Now the interest only rate might be a little bit higher compared to principal and interest, but it may be just for cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. Cash flow to get you through the renovations. Yeah. Once the renovations are complete, you can get yeah. your property revalued because you've made, you know, you've, you've increased the value on it now. And then because the, the value's gone up and the loan's kind of where it is, you may have a better loan to value ratio, which then equals you with a better interest rate on the way out of those renovations, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but again, those type of conversations can happen if there's a good relationship and there's good planning that's involved as well. You just touched upon valuations. Yeah. Is that something that comes up? often or is that something that people got to factor in in terms of their time frames and things like that or how, do, how does valuations fit in? Yeah, so to go back to why someone would need a valuation, for example, so if they're doing the scope of work and it depends if this is part of structural renovations or this is part of, say, cosmetic or adding a deck, for example, um, you may be able to, if your home 
value has gone up, you may be able to access the equity inside that property. So what that means is you've got a loan, you can add a top-up loan against that, for example, and sometimes the banks don't need to send a valuer out there. They can rely on what they call a computer valuation. For Would example. that be based upon the, the sale being quite recent or during a specific time period or yes. could that different? It could, yeah. So if the, value, if the property sale has gone through in the last, say, six months, 12 months, the bank may actually rely on, on the sale so the contract, yeah. but some banks may go, look, hey, the market's gone up or we actually want to get this property revalued. And then you've got two options for a loan. So option one is you can do like an equity release loan. That's where a client will control the funds themselves. So that's where they get the budget. Yeah. They might be able to pull out $200,000. So your borrowing capacity enables you to borrow $200,000 more. And then the value, there's equity inside your home. So the value's gone up and the loans come down. The other alternative is where you got to go for a, a building, a construction type loan. Yeah. yeah, that means if you're doing con- you know significant amount of work and you need the builders' invoices or the contracts to come in, the bank will then control the funds and release those payments directly to the builders. So there's a very distinct difference between the two types of loans a client may apply for. Would that second type of construction loan yeah. be determined by the value of the works? Almost the, the larger the works, mm. then that's the bank or the the lender would almost be forcing you down that type of path. Yeah, because if you if some bank and again bank to bank different rules, so you right. you just want to find out from your bank what the what they call it the cash out policy or the equity release policy, what that means. So some banks will let you go up to eighty percent of the loan of the value of your property and just let you have the money, for example, and go. Yeah. We trust you, Mister you know, Mister and Mrs. Client, yeah. with three hundred thousand dollars, and the policy enables you to do that. Yeah. Other banks will go. That's a firm. No, we're not going to just going to give you three hundred k willy nilly. We want to know where that money's going. Yes. Therefore, we want to control the funds. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. some banks are better than others, and again, that's why I talked about interest rate. Some clients actually want to control the funds themselves, and they're very, very good at it. Yeah. Some clients can't be trusted with three hundred thousand dollars because they yes. may go over budget. There may be variations, and suddenly they're left with a project that's half done which is the bank's worst nightmare. So if you're in the camp that you can control the funds yourself and you want to find a bank that does that, you look at a bank that says, hey, look, we can give you the cash out. You do whatever you want with it. Would yeah. it be, in in terms of going back to the beginning and that, that initial, say, phone call touch point yeah. with you, would it be relatively easy to find out that path at the beginning? Because I do know some builders don't want to go down that, that type of loan path as yeah. well. So... When you're having that that initial phone call, could that be part of those discussions as well? Absolutely should be part of it, Adrian. Yeah. So being open with your broker or your lender to say, look, this is what I would like to do. Yeah. Does this, does X bank let me do this? Yeah. Uh, And if it doesn't and it doesn't match you, then that's probably where you need to go back to the drawing board and find a bank that's on board with you and and your plans as well. Yeah. Some banks are very good at working with build. uh, And that's where I guess builders then have a bit of a angst about it because now they're at the mercy of the banks paying them. Now there's no problems with getting paid by a bank. It just takes time. So the builder invoice comes in, that's got to be paid by a bank, for example. uh, And some builders have terms built into there that if there's a delay in those payments and they charge you more to protect their own, to protect their own cash flow really. Um, And that's why, again, it's, we speak, we speak about it just going back to the very start. It starts with that initial call going, here's what I would like to do. I think finance becomes a very much an afterthought, which is probably why the nature of that, our chat is here yeah. because you've probably found that people live as an afterthought and going, they get smitten by the idea of the beautiful space they're creating. I can just get the loan and then they find out there's so much involved with getting the loan. It's probably taken away that romantic idea of what the space they're trying to build and yeah. they're going, well, the finance is now overshadowing it. Yeah. 
if anything if people try and take away from this what you and i are saying it's well get the finance done early so that's out of the way and now your energy and your focus can go into building the space or design the space that you want to call home that you want to kind of that you saw initially when you maybe bought that house or what you envisioned living in it as well for sure, for sure. So we've moved a, a, a little bit down the path in terms of they've had that conversation, they've spoken to their builder and say you've you've given them an estimated budget that they can work around, say call it a quarter of a million yep. and then that fits with the dream and, and what the builder has said. Yeah. What would be the next steps then from there? So if they're going down the path that they're going to get finance approved and, and we going at the build contract, there might be a couple of stages. That's where they call it progress payments, so stepped stepped through payments. Um, Otherwise, if it's, hey, look, they've they've been approved for getting the limit of $250,000 out, that's where they can control the funds and then pay the builder at those different milestones as well. Say when the decks is completed or the pool's going in, they can pay that. And quite often that's where it becomes a little bit more favourable, which is they now the client can go, well, I can pay you a little bit more up front and – that's what builders want or that's what trades want, which is like it helps them with the cash flow. Be that client. We talk about being that client. Yeah. You can be the one that goes, hey, look, I can actually pay a little bit more up front and then you may want it done quicker, for example, or it may help just to strengthen that relationship because everyone's stretched and everyone's busy. If you're that client that's going to pay more up front, for example, it'll be easier to do business with. You certainly The builder's going to work harder or better for you because you're that great client that's organised and you're ready to go and and they bank that job as well. Yeah, I think just probably asterisking that comment to a degree where I don't want people to get caught out by there are some builders that will want as, as much as they can up front yeah. because they've got to sort of manage the business's cash flow or things yes. like that and that's where people can get in trouble. But I think, I think more referencing your comment – if the client is organised and the, the, having the payments run smoothly, yes. I think, and not not made, making the builder wait two weeks or having oh, him make you know fourteen phone calls to you, that's going to help with the process with him yeah. because you've done that planning early and thing. It'll yeah, translate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly didn't mean that not all clients are equal. It's just more yeah. to say that yeah, they builders want they just want that confirmation that you're going to be paying on time every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's generally what I meant by those comments because um, we know as soon as we get invoices that come into our business, we treat them with the highest priority because we want the builder to be paid because it, it means it, moving. it keeps the relationship strong. Yes, yeah, you don't yeah. want your builder chase chasing you up for payments, for example. It just it doesn't it doesn't enhance the home renovation experience, right? It's just yeah. one of those things where the builder was chasing you for money. They didn't they don't enjoy it. You don't enjoy it, and we don't enjoy it, right? So, kind of flip it on its head, going okay. Yep, let's get it in. Let's get that invoice paid. The bank knows it has to be paid within 24 hours or 48 hours. Perfect. What do we need to do to make this harmonious? No, smart, smart. One thing that uh, I've written down and it has come up a a little bit before too is people have asked about their credit scores. Is that something that gets looked into or what's your thoughts around that? Is that something they should be worried about? or I guess know about it. Is it something to be worried about? Probably not. Um, and the reason I'll say this is credit scores only come up if you're applying for loans consistently right. and uh, in a really quick succession. So the rule is if you're applying for four loans within a, a month or two month period, your credit score comes down or you're applying for multiple loans and not funding them, right? You, you, you get downgraded as well. And I did a great interview with Victoria who runs a credit score agency, a credit repair agency as well. Um, so what we've found is people that are applying with multiple different banks, it doesn't look good for your credit file. 
Yeah. So we're always trying to protect your credit score. So if we go back to that analogy, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Go back to that one bank. We know exactly why we're applying to them. It may not be about the rate, it's about the outcome or getting the cash, for example. That's protecting your credit file. Yes. But if you're going to apply, so what happens is innocently you, oh, okay, I'll go, I'm going to go to CBA. Oh, actually, NAB's got a better rate. Oh, actually, I heard that Bankwest is pretty good for construction. It's like now you've applied with three different banks. It doesn't gel well because the banks are going, well, hang on, what's what's all this credit inquiry going? And they would almost assume that bank A said no, then bank B said no, and that's why you've come here. And that's yeah. why their algorithm, when you submit an application, their algorithm picks up on the number of credit inquiries you've had in a, most, in a fairly recent period yeah. to kind of weed out the client who's you know, getting declined by other banks. Um, and banks are getting far better with technology and using uh, comprehensive credit reporting is now what they're calling it. So they can kind of see what people are doing with their credit inquiries and what they're doing with the actual loans that they've got as well. But I think also too, I think the same principle applies for me. If people are going to get multiple quotes, yeah. they can often get confused. They're not focusing on what they should be focusing on. Yeah, They're not enjoying the process, which is what you've harped on upon too so um very similar paths i guess yeah Yeah, you're choosing the right fit Uh, so if you're going to choose a trade that's the cheapest that might be the best but if you choose them purely just based on price again you probably missed the point and again it goes back to the bank if you choose them just on the lowest rate you miss the point what's the point of having the lowest rate if they're not going to give you the funds then go out and do the the home renovation work and now you've gone and chased the wrong thing choose the bank that's going to help you partner to get the work done on that property and then once it's done then go back and ask for a better rate because as an existing client, they should be working hard to keep your business. It'd be the same analogy that using, say, for bringing quotes. Find the builder, find someone like yourself, find the painter that gets the job done and then you go, look, money shouldn't be the only driver. It should be, yeah. are they the right fit yeah. for the work that I'm trying to do? Yeah. No, you've got to have that relationship. I think yeah. that's that's key with everything. So, yeah. yeah, where people are just price shopping, ultimately then that's where – I might be getting phone calls back asking for repair work or things like that because they haven't got what they've seen on Instagram or what they've got in their mind (laughs) doesn't necessarily come out. So Cheap is cheap. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not the best way to buy. Timing. Yeah. Obviously there's a few different elements and you sort of start at the beginning and then you're saying bring the builder in and then almost come back to you. Yeah. How long does, does the process take? Yeah, I think that's the part that catches a lot of people out. It yep. can be a lengthy process even if you're going back to your existing lender. So you think, hey, I'm just going back for a $100,000 top-up or $200,000. It should be fairly easy. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, sometimes it takes longer than a purchase. So a purchase could be four to six weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people get caught out by because banks may give priority to, say, an urgent purchase and less priority to a, to a smaller top-up. Because right. they've got, they got finite resources, some banks. Right? right. Some banks' turnaround times are just terrible at the moment because they can't handle the volume that's coming in. And yeah. I spoke to you, I think, six months ago when we were sort of going through that second wave of COVID. Yeah. And you made that comment that things have, you almost throw that timing out the window because yeah. it's a different world at the moment. So Correct. have things sort of changed or have they streamlined things or were some they seeing got better some yeah. banks have got better and it's very common that you pick up any of the afr or you you look at some of the media and you go you can generally find out which banks have got terrible turnaround times and which which don't so they'll yeah. kind of ebb and flow and that's why i say look if you be prepared build in take what you think is going to normal time frame, maybe double it from a turnaround time perspective that's not the broker's fault it's not the lender's fault it just could be purely the amount of volume that the bank is dealing with at the moment Right. 
and especially if they need to get evaluation done. Valuation report needs to come back, so that could take a couple of days to get done, you know, which, which may push things out a little bit more. Have a chat to your broker. And so the, the filter should be, if you're looking at a bank, one, will they let me, will they let me do the, the cash out? So that, that's the first question. Or are there strings attached or they want to control the funds? Second is, how long is this going to take? Yep. And then the third should be, okay, so what are the interest rate or what are the rate options as well? So, again, policy, yep. speed, yep. then rate would yep. be if I was to rank the three yeah, for someone that's that's looking to embark on this project. No, that makes sense and that's that's good. So probably the main thing that I've taken away from from all this is, I guess, to build upon those three is, is really to be prepared. Yeah. And I think not go at a bullet gate and think that all this <laughs> is going to happen whether it's with you or with me or whoever, yeah. it's you make the phone call and it happens tomorrow and, and things like that. So mm. put the legwork in early and don't be afraid of, of digging out the pay slips or doing that little bit of paperwork with you early yeah. um, because you will get a, a more enjoyable and not necessarily a better result, but you'll, you'll enjoy the experience a little bit better. Absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, – again, you talk about – expectations that's effectively what you and i do is manage people's expectations right how long is this going to take and what's the outcome that you're looking for um, so again if you have that chat up front they want to know what your what your schedule's like and when can they fit you know when when can they be fitted in and that's going to come down to how they're ready to go with the cash and so it almost circles all the way back to your very uh, first point is should i use if we have the cash should we use the cash or should we borrow um, yep. it ultimately depends on what you want to do with that cash so is having cash in the bank to have that peace of mind or that sleep at night factor important to someone? Yep. Or do they want to use that cash and run a bit skinny on cash? Or can they borrow the funds? Just remember you're not paying anything, you're not paying any interest until you use the funds. So yep. you can have it sitting there ready to go, but you're not paying anything for the privilege of having the funds in the bank account. You just got it there ready to go when when, when it hit go on, on the works that you're looking to do. And these are conversations that Mr. and Mrs. Client should be having around the dinner table or over a nice glass of wine <laughs> themselves before, I guess, uh, they're coming to you with if, – if they've got a heap of cash sitting there and they know they've got some equity, at least if they're giving direction to you, yes, I think direction helps me a lot too, I guess. So I think that's going to help overall make you run smoother and say, well, if, we, if we've got half a million sitting here but – we know we've got something coming up with the kids or yeah. this or that. We want to factor all these things over the next five or ten years. That's going to help you advise them a little bit better as well too, Spot it sounds on. like. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, we're, we're pretty good, but we're not mind readers as well. True, right? true. So, yeah, let us in. Let us in. Don't you know? Tell us exactly what's going on, what the future plans are. Did you want to buy that car and that's what the cash is there for? Or when the border's up and you want to take a family holiday and that's what the cash is there for? Okay, great. Let's keep the cash. Let's yep. try and find you some borrowings to, to fund the renovation work. We're not here to get in the way. We want to see your home beautiful. We want to see the value increase. We want to see you happy in your, in, in your, in your beautiful home. How do we help you get there? And if the loan's simply the vehicle to help do that, then let's, let's make it happen. Don't be a closed book. Yeah. I mean, I've got to have those conversations with people about, okay, they're showing me this dream, but if the dream doesn't match reality, then we've got to figure out a different way to skin the cat. Okay. So I think some people can be hesitant about discussing finances or going too deep, but yeah. ultimately then that just drags out the time, the resources and the pain a little bit yeah. and they're still not ultimately getting what they want. Yeah, so. they're not going to be happy. Like that, That's what we want. We want, we want happy people. Good, yeah. good. Have I missed anything, mate? Is there anything else that you think is relevant? 
Man, I think we've covered most of most of it off. Yeah, again, I'll I'll just reiterate that it, it really comes down to when when someone's looking to to do the renovation work, just know what your bank's policy is. So it's super important that they just check in, be open about here's what we're looking to do. Will the bank enable us to do this? Does it require valuation? Does it require top up? Do we have enough equity? Or can you go to another bank and get a better valuation that gives you that instant equity, then pull that to then go towards the renovation work? So again, don't shy away from those conversations, kind of tackle it head on and and you'll be better for it as well. Perfect, perfect. Mate, I've written down a heap of notes. I can't <laughs> thank you enough for today. But ah, pleasure. What's the best way for people to reach out to you or what's your process? Yeah, great. So uh, our, our website is Atelier Wealth. So Atelier is a very fancy word for a workshop or studio. So, we, I mean, we, um, yeah, we, you find us on, on online. Uh, check, check me out. My name's Aaron Christie David. I'm sure you include our links as well. Yep. And don't hesitate to reach out again. Even if we can just give you some gems to then go back to the bank you're with, that's what we're about. Perfect. If we get a chance to work together, even better. Mate, that's gold. Thank you so much for spending the time with me today. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Pleasure. Pleasure, Adrian. Cheers, mate. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. If something was mentioned that you'd like more info on or simply have a question, contact details are in the show notes. Out the Back Door is proudly brought to you by Emanate Co., where they make families smile through the creation of inspired alfresco rooms. 